Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Hey, it's Pat Boyle. And today on the best of the DA show is the Pac-12 left for dead. Plus, it's a thirsty Thursday. We're toasting to the good stuff. Your best audio of the day and sound check, including Travis Kelsey trying to give Taylor Swift a friendship bracelet. What a beta. Andrew Bogish is stunned to a news, advanced analytics, and the epic fail. It's the best of the DA show. <laughs> it's now. Let it start with the college football realignment. The dominoes have begun to fall on potentially a massive one. A couple of years ago, we knew that Texas and Oklahoma would exit for the SEC. That left the Big 12 vulnerable. And thus... We waited and watched what would happen to the Big 12. Well, they then collected four new schools for their conference. After that, the Big 10 scooped up UCLA and USC, leaving the Pac-12 vulnerable. The Big 12 signed their television deal, meaning money was off of the table early for the Pac-12, which was waiting for a better deal to come down the pike. In waiting, Colorado said, we're out of here. And now CU heads to the Big 12. Now, the buzzards are circling around the Pac-12 because it sounds like the Big 12 and the Big 10 are flirting with schools that are left in the Pac-12. Some have connected Oregon and Washington to the Big 10, which would create a western flank, as it were. UCLA, USC, and then a Pacific Northwest of Oregon and Washington, all in the Big Ten, meaning the Big Ten would stretch from coast to coast. Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast, those four Pac-12 schools on the West Coast, Penn State in there and Pennsylvania as well, other East time zones thrown in there as well, plenty of those, and then suddenly the Big Ten spans the width of the entire country and every time zone potentially. You then have the Big 12 trying to grab schools around the four corners. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah potentially to join Colorado in the Big 12. Will the Pac-12 be simply left as a carcass to those buzzards? It is where we begin. You're cold open. The way that this story is unfolding, this is how it ends in a not a great way for the Pac-12, right? Because they've put their presidents have put out a lot of deadlines and said we're going to have a deal and we like a deal. And then, you know, I wrote months ago, watch Colorado, 
Um, now there's a lot of watch Yukon as well as Colorado. You look at it and you wonder where this deal is coming from. As you know, as we were playing at UCLA, USC, uh, there were many opportunities for that alumni engagement. Well, now UCLA and USC have left. I think young kids want to, they grow up on ESPN and Fox and CBS and NBC. I think that's where they want to be. That feels big time. Um, mm. And I'm not saying Apple won't feel big time or Amazon won't feel big time eventually. Um, you know, that's what they're growing and that it changes over time. But I still, I don't think you want to be on a streamer for a number of reasons. Um, but one is recruiting and just being in the national spotlight. I just don't think that's a good place to be. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. The voices you heard there was Andrew Marshan, who studies and writes about sports media for the New York Post, and that was part of the Marshan and Oran podcast that you also heard the Colorado Buffaloes chancellor there. Here's the bit. Here's the deal. If there was no worry about the optics of killing a conference, this thing would be already done. Because Oregon and Washington see the writing on the wall in the Pac-12. But what Marshand is talking about there is this television deal that the Pac-12 got an offer from Apple that's just not that enticing. I dissected this quite a bit yesterday. But the bit about this is most of their games would be on streaming and their revenue would be based on subscribers. And let's face it, once you lose USC and UCLA two pretty large alumni bases, USC being must-see TV if there ever is one of the Pac-12 most years out of your conference and the market of LA, I don't think you want to be counting on subscribers. And so it's not a great deal. It's a big risk. It's a short-term deal, but it's a big risk. So Oregon and Washington apparently have told the Big Ten, yeah, we're good if you want to come get us. There's also been some talk that Stanford and Cal could be added to that mix thus adding the Bay Area to the Big Ten. But that the Big Ten doesn't want to be seen as the conference that levies the death blow to the Pac-12. Same thing with the Big 12. I think if feelings weren't involved and optics weren't involved and trying to, quote, do the right thing in the public sphere wasn't involved, again, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah probably would flee today. And in fact, Arizona is going to start having big conversations, those two state schools, Arizona, Arizona State, about whether to leave or not. But the Big 12 is sensitive to being seen as the conference that raided the Pac-12 and worried about having, I suppose, mud in its reputation. But that's really the only thing holding things together. And so you ask, okay, well, what does that mean? If the Big 12 siphons off four of their schools and the Big 10 siphons off another four or six of their schools, what does that leave in the Pac-12? And it leaves two. Washington State and Oregon State. That's it. That's what it leaves. And those would be the two schools without a chair and musical chairs, which means they would join the Mountain West or more probably, more likely rather, is that the Mountain West would adopt the Pac-12 brand and all of the Mountain West would suddenly become the Pac-12 by just simply adding Oregon State and Washington State and then calling themselves that conference, even though it would look nothing like anything that we know. 
But I think that's the only thing holding this thing together. It's scotch tape, it's bailing wire, and it's we don't want to be the ones that kill it. We don't want to be known to the coppers that kills it. And so that's the sensitivity here, which is, let's face it, laughable. All of these conferences, all of these athletic directors, all of these conference commissioners conspire with one another behind the scenes all year long. For years now, you want to come here? What does it look like? What's your buyout? What's your television deal? Will you take us? Because we'll leave if you take us. What about them? Can we get them as a geographic and travel partner? This happens all the time. Behind closed doors, everybody is cheating on everybody. The entire block is cheating on one another. This is happening. And yet when it comes to the public sphere, the public eye, nobody wants to be photographed at the restaurant with somebody else's wife. That's what this is, even though they're doing it behind closed doors. So it's very hypocritical. Oh, well, we wouldn't be we want to we wouldn't want to be the ones that end the Pac-12, even though all the negotiations have happened to destabilize the Big 12 the Pac-12 anyway and for the Big 10 now to suddenly find some type of ethics some type of morality how hysterical you took UCLA and USC under cover of night which again destabilized the entire thing dramatically those are the two schools the Pac-12 really couldn't afford to lose and you took them and so suddenly the Big 10 has a conscience it's Totally, entirely ridiculous, but this is where we are. This is where we are. And if this goes that way, where the Big 12 gobbles up a bunch of schools, the Big 10 gobbles up a a bunch of schools, it will have then become what was expected, the four super conferences, SEC, ACC, Big 12, and Big 10. That means that the Big 12 would have survived. The Big 12, which looked like it was going to be the odd man out, would have survived, and we would creep closer and closer to four 16-team power conferences, which, by the way, I don't think is better. I don't think that's a better solution for college football. I think college football is better when there's a lot of different, unique conferences, leagues, partnerships, rivalries, regions. The country isn't one homogenized place. And college football isn't the NFL. And I hate hearing, well, they could go to an NFC and AFC model. That works in the NFL because these professional leagues are largely homogenized. If you go to a Diamondbacks game, it's not much different than a Rays game. If you go to a Giants game, it's not necessarily that much dramatically different than going to a Red Sox game. I mean, yes, there's backdrops and yes, cities are different, but we're talking about college football where everything about the experience is completely unique to the campus, the region, the college town. It's They're all completely unique. Alumni are unique. Chancellors are unique. Coaches are unique. The whole thing, that's what makes this great. And so to streamline this and homogenize this to just super conferences that all look and feel the same, I'm not down with. I'm not down with any of this. But greed rules the roost. Greed rules the day. And who are we but just fans that have to sit there and take it? Okay, I guess Oregon is suddenly a Big Ten team. All right, I guess Arizona is suddenly a Big 12 team. 
Let's kick off college football season at the start of September, shall we? Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Oh, doctor. You can always watch us on YouTube. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel on YouTube, and full episodes are archived there if you want to go back and watch. You can also watch reruns and watch the show live at Twitch as well. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel there. Or if you do not use either one of those platforms, WatchDA.com is also mobile friendly. Soundcheck is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now. Get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. We begin Soundcheck with Jared Jones. Jared! As he is discussing a new look Cowboys offense, Kellen Moore is out, and Mike McCarthy is taking over the offense. And this is courtesy of 96.7 The Ticket as Jerry talks about his new offense being Dak friendly. Here it is. That's Dak friendly. Uh, he's going to uh, uh, he's going to have uh, uh, a uh, the offensive line is going to be able to protect him better. Their uh, uh, spacing is narrower. Uh, which is conducive to protection. Uh, he's going to have uh, more opportunity to dump the ball off to the back. Uh, he's going to uh, have less to do before the snap and less to read after the snap. Certainly not details of an offense you'd prefer the coaches to go over if they so choose. Certainly something you would like to divulge if you're the owner of the team unnecessarily. I have to laugh. And you know what, Cowboys fans, unless you're under the age of 25, you've had it good, so I don't I don't mind poking fun. But I have to laugh at the people saying that the Cowboys are going to have a great year. NFC Championship game could be the best team of the NFC if everything breaks right. 
at the end of the day, you still have that man who is front and center on everything that you do, and he cannot help himself. And the idea that this guy, who is on August 1st or August 2nd, whenever he said this, going to tell the world the details about the offense, whether they're a tell or not, it is unnecessary. It's about an owner thinking that it's his role to discuss specifics of an offense. I know you're the owner. I know you're worth billions of dollars and more power to you. But when do you just go, yeah, not my place. Yeah, you know what? Not my place. If Mike wants to talk about the, the offense in specifics, he can. If the, the offensive staff wants to do it, if Dak is allowed to do it, that's their stuff. For me, I'm not getting into the weeds of explaining to you why the offense should be better this year. But Jerry can't help himself. And Jerry is so ego-laden. And nobody ever has told him no. That he does stupid stuff all the time. And nobody has the guts to say anything. Because Stephen Jones wants to inherit the team. The media wants the sound bites. The players want to get paid. And so nobody ever says no to this guy. If I was working in the organization and I wasn't worried about losing my job, maybe I would be like all the others and would be worried. But I would be like, Chair, no. Don't explain anybody the offense. That's Mike's role. That's Dak's role if he's allowed to. Let the people that do it do it. We don't know. But there's Jerry acting like he's been in, in on every offensive meeting and... Let's face it, he's a football dope. He's a business genius. He's a football dope. And you're allowed to be both. But it's like, man, the Cowboys, they can't fail because they have too much talent? Uh, Yeah, sorry. I'm not buying that. Next up, this audio comes to us courtesy of the Reddit College Football page. As on Twitter, somebody posted a video of a person who seems like Hunter Deckers, looks just like the Iowa State quarterback, making a handshake bet with a girl at what looks to be a local Iowa bar, putting 500 bucks in a week two game from Iowa. Now, he's jammed up for doing this very thing, betting on the Iowa State Cyclones, his team, for a couple of years. They found his fan duel page at DraftKings. I forget which one it is. Now, he was using his mom's name, but they still linked him to all the bets, and obviously he's under fire right now. Let's listen to this audio. $500. That what? $100? On the Me Too game. $500 that you're going to beat us? You're going to beat us. Duh. Oh. What? <laughs> Yeah, best not to do that. As you hear him say, it would be technically illegal. Uh, you're a player on the team. Probably a pretty bad idea to be in a public space, especially where the cameras are going, which phones are always open, talking about playing playing money even if it means that you're betting on your own team you know i i know there are some people that have defended pete rose over the years saying hey if he bet on the reds to win what's the big deal he's trying to win which there's some truth to that 
But if you also know the line, if you're betting on the line, then it's a little different if you say, well, yeah, we'll win, but we're not supposed to win by so much. But the other thing is, in today's day and age, it's not like Pete Rose, who may have just been betting on win or loss. Today, if you're Hunter Deckers or any of those college players, you can bet tons of different things. You can lay money on the, the line. You can win money to win the game. You can also lay money on the point total. You can lay money on passing yards. You can lay money on receiving yards. You can lay money on points scored in the first quarter, in the first half, in the third quarter, in the second half. You can you can bet on everything. And so it's not as clean or simple as saying, well, if Hunter Decker's bet on Iowa State to win, what's the big deal? If he's using a FanDuel or DraftKings or any of these online accounts and he has access to all of those bets, you know, one of the bets could be Iowa State to win. And maybe it is just straight up money line bet. But it's the access and the betting to all of the other stuff that you would have inside information on. And that's the key, is that you're allowing these guys who have actual... They have actual skin in the game. They're literally affecting the game outcome to also be betting on the game outcome with inside information and their ability to affect it. Not going to work. You can't allow one and then you know, say, well, but you can't do any of the other stuff. Finally, this audio is courtesy of both NFL Network and Up and Adams with Kay Adams. Now, first you're going to hear Travis Kelsey on NFL Network talking about Taylor Swift. You may have seen this story last week. Travis Kelsey went to a Taylor Swift concert. He wanted to meet her beforehand and give her a friendship bracelet. I suppose that was technically trying to hit on her. I mean, who knows? But she did not host the meet and greet. She didn't do this to save her voice before her big shows. And so the Kelsey friendship bracelet thing fell into silence. But then Josh Allen was on with Kay Adams asking about celebrity girlfriends. Here's the clips. Hey, man, I don't... Did you really have your phone number ready on a friendship bracelet to give to Taylor I said what I said, and I meant what I said when I said it. You shot your shot, huh, And and you know what? It is what it is. I'm not going to talk about my personal life. I know what you writers want to (laughs) hear. You want to hear more about that, and I'm not going to give you anything. Has she reached out? Huh? Has she reached out? And that's going to wrap it up here with NFL. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. He didn't say no, though. You're, You're off on Sunday. Huh? She's at SoFi. You're off on Sunday. I look, you can make I'll it tell to you SoFi what, even anybody, Saturday night. Anybody that wants to go to that Sunday show at SoFi, it's going to be an absolute blast, I'm sure. I went to the one here in Kansas City, so I don't know if I'm double dipping. I got I got a football season to worry about, man. Exactly. I got a lot, back in time, I got a lot of things I got to focus on. I'm just saying. This guy's crazy. All right, do we have the Josh Allen clip as well with Up and Adams? Yes, we do. Are we going to play that here? Nah. Yeah, we're going to play it. So should I just buy time until we play it? (laughs) Okay. So the next clip is Josh Allen talking to Kay Adams about celebrity girlfriends because he is dating Haley Steinfeld. Now, Haley is an actress and Vogue's. You want to help me out what she's been in? 
So she's also a singer. Um, so people might have heard her on the radio, but she was definitely in um, one of or two of the Pitch Perfect movies. Not the first one, but I think the second and the third one. She's been in at least one Transformers movie. Oh. Um, I first saw her when she was like a like a young girl. She was in the remake of True Grit with Matt Damon and oh, um, I can't. Jeff Bridges is in that movie too. It's a really good movie. So she's a, an accomplished actress. And Josh went from I think his college sweetheart, who was all over the place yeah. with all the other Bills girlfriends and wives hanging out, cheering them on. They might have even been engaged. That's over. And now he's freely making out with her in all sorts of public places, restaurants, clubs. I think Mexican vacations. They're all over the place. <laughs> Thank goodness for Bogues and the pop culture beat. You I gotcha. Really, you can really fill in the blanks. I have a lot of them. You can fill them all in. Apparently, she has starred also in Hawkeye as Kate Bishop. And she has been the voice of Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse movies. So okay. here is the here is the clip of Josh Allen, who is dating Haley Steinfeld with Up and Adams and Kay Adams. Do I get like, extra credit for not asking about your love life? What do you mean? Do you know how hard that is for me to do? Is why is that hard for you? We because talk football, right? Because it's me. Well, we don't yeah, know. We talked football. a lot. I mean, I deserve I deserve an award. I think for not asking about your love life. You know how I was going to do it? This is tape. <laughs> do you know how I was going to do it? I was going to say, um, Travis Kelsey tried to hang out with Taylor Swift, and she said no. Do you have any advice for players who want to attract superstar talents? <laughs> not not friendship bracelets. No. What is it? Yeah. Okay. That's all right. I, I, I'm surprised, though. It's hard to say no to Travis Kelsey. So this brings up a host of good questions, and that is your sound check. The first one being, is it fair for Josh Allen to judge Travis Kelsey's friendship bracelet move? Because while he is dating an actress and a celebrity, Haley Steinfeld, she's nowhere near the universe, the Spider-Verse, as it were, <laughs> of... Taylor Swift. Getting to Taylor Swift is a lot harder than getting to Haley Steinfeld. So if you feel like Taylor Swift, your access point is a cute friendship bracelet move at a meet and greet before the concert, isn't it different rules for how you would potentially try to to date different level celebrities, Bogues? So we discussed this last week when the Kelsey Swift story first broke, D.A., uh, whether this is a good play or not. And there was division in the room on the the friendship bracelet strategy. Um, I thought there had to be a better way for Travis Kelsey, because he's Travis Kelsey, was at Arrowhead. There had to be a better way for him to make a connection to her, make a couple phone calls, some go-betweens, chance meeting in a hallway somewhere. But I think Boyle might have defended the brace, the the friendship bracelets. Somebody here did. No, no, not me. Uh, maybe it happened before you were here. Maybe because it was Caserta who thought it was because it played into her whole thing that it might have come across as sweet and showing that he was like a fan, understood the gimmick of her shows, and that it might have worked if it actually eventually ever got to her. Yeah, I think the point here is Travis Kelsey is a big deal in our world. He is not a big deal in Taylor Swift's world. I don't even think that Taylor Swift would know who Taylor or Travis Kelsey was. I would imagine Taylor Swift has no idea the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. She might not even know who Patrick Mahomes is. She certainly doesn't know who the tight end of the Chiefs is. 
it is hard for us to imagine because if you're a football fan, we all know Travis Kelsey. But think about Taylor Swift's level of celebrity and who she has dated. She's dating the John Mayers, the One Directions, the Jonas Brothers type of level of celebrity. This is global popularity. If you go to Hong Kong, those people get stopped in the street by swarms of fans. If Travis Kelsey goes to Hong Kong, he can eat and do whatever he wants. Nobody knows who he is. So I just, while Josh Allen says, like, you know, there's a better way to do it, I I don't know if there's a better way to do it because I don't know how you get to Taylor Swift. And, and there's no way Taylor Swift says yes to Travis Kelsey. There's just no way it'd be slumming it for her. It just is. Now, Kelsey is a good-looking guy. He's charismatic. He's everything. Two-time champion, future Hall of Famer. But she would be completely slumming it if she went out with Travis Kelsey. Well, you, slumming it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just not her type. Like, you just you just ran through the people that she has dated. But he's they, not even close to that celebrity level either. But celebrity level aside, just from a personal but standpoint. That counts. I guess it does. But she he's also just too, there's too much of him for her. He's too loud, too over the top. Clearly, she likes dudes who are sitting with their guitar, writing songs. Yeah, she yeah. likes skinny little guys that then she can break up with and write songs about and make more billions of dollars. Yeah. Is that so? It's really dude. a tired act, if you ask me. <laughs> well, it, right. Taylor Swift also is in isn't dating guys that, you know, chug a beer and then crush the can on their forehead and belch in your face. So, right, like she's not going out with him. But again, you have to also recognize celebrities are fishing in the same depth of celebrity pool. You don't, you're not a C celebrity and date the A celebrities. They almost always go in same tiers. And when there are the random ones that are A's that go with B's, everyone gasps. Taylor Swift is an A. She's in like the Beyonce, George Clooney, and then you and Matt Damon, and then like Travis Kelsey is like an F in the celebrity world. What? He's, he's an A in sports celebrity. He's a B in sports celebrity, but he's an F in real celebrity. Like Taylor Swift can't date anybody who is doesn't get an invite to the Met Gala, and Travis Kelsey ain't going to the Met Gala. Mm, do we think I, she saw the I, Kelsey I, dating show on E? She knows him from that. <laughs> I I gotta disagree, or DA. I mean, some of these, some of Taylor Swift's boyfriends are are. I've never heard of them in my life. But you're not swimming to that circle. You're not swimming in music circles, Hollywood circles, international music. I stage. guess. I mean, who the hell is Drew Dunlap? Who the hell is Drew Hardwick or well, look Lucas up. Till? They, look them up. They're probably British actors. They're like probably- I know. I remember when she dated Taylor Lautner, the guy who was the wolf from uh, what's the vampire movie? Yeah, this uh, always comes up. Oh my God! Why? What's the vampire uh, movie? Interview with the vampire. No, Pete. No. Okay. No, it was huge. I'm blanking on it. Right. Yeah, yeah, with this, yeah, there's three of them. Right. Robert Pattinson and yeah, the girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Nightmare, so he was famous. Werewolf. Elm Street. <laughs> it's one word. I feel <laughs> she like she dated Joe Jonas. He's big. Yeah. She dated Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel like that was Massive. like the that was like the baddest boy of them all. Because then there's like John Mayer, who's like the sweetest guy ever. So. I, I don't know. I, I think, I just think it was a mistake to do the friendship bracelet. You're never going to get a girl doing that, especially a girl of her status. Whatever you think is sweet or she likes, um, yeah, friendship bracelets do not work. You come off as a beta, you come off as a loser, and you're not getting, <laughs> you're not getting the bag. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're, You're not... such a Zoomer. <laughs> Stop calling me a Zoomer, man. You come up as a beta. <laughs> you do. Oh, hey, Taylor, I got you this uh, friendship bracelet. Maybe, um, you know, we could go on a date soon. 
What's wrong with that? <laughs> Twilight is what we were thinking. Like. Yes. Jeez. See, I'm telling you, I have. I'm getting wolves. dementia. It's coming swiftly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was like one of the. Those like the biggest movie for like three years, and I couldn't remember it. That's what I'm talking about. Is that these people that you just mentioned that Taylor Swift dated are probably stars in those types of teen novel films that were massive or Disney movies that we just don't know about. They're, they're probably massive celebrities on a different level that we're just, we don't even know Twilight. I just, I think the root of it comes down to, it was two things. One, she has to date a skinny, scrawny guy that uh, she's not going to get embarrassed by. Travis Kelsey, maybe not, yeah, obviously not in her ether, not in her status of celebrity. I agree with that. I don't think he's an F. He's not in her status. But I think he's very loud. He's got a big sports platform, and I think he could try to tear her down. How many of her ex-boyfriends do you ever hear try to tear her down? It's always the other way around. She always, oh, did you see what Taylor wrote about Joe Jonas? Look at her go. (laughs) Travis Kelsey, I think, could cause, he could cause some waves. He could, you know, break her down a little bit. If he goes on Instagram Live or, you know, says something in a press conference tearing her down or says something about her in their relationship if they were to date. So there's that. And then the second thing, again, is the friendship bracelet. Sounds like you're rooting for Travis Kelsey to tear down. Is there a history? It'd be nice for somebody to knock her down a peg for once. Yeah. Now, now who around here would would fit the Taylor Swift mold? Shep. Oh. (laughs) Good one. Good question. Good answer. Huh. Who would... Hmm. In terms of what? Her type. Yeah. Yeah, it would be Shep. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, Taylor. Got you this friendship, bracelet. <laughs> I host in the overnight. Come listen. Telling her about Joe DiMaggio. Mickey, how fast Mickey Mantle used to be. <laughs> For my younger audience. <laughs> so now here's the thing, Taylor. You got a you got a baseball player and it's kind of like writing music at the same time. And when you put them together, you get a lot of love out of that. For my younger audience out here, let me tell you about Katherine Hepburn. <laughs> Air Jordan, his airness, Michael Jordan himself. I love Shep. I haven't seen Shep in a long time. That relationship would be 3 months sizzle, pop, burn, number 1 hit song. <laughs> and a thousand drops. Too. Yeah, and Shep wins. I mean, imagine being a Taylor yeah, Swift boyfriend and having a yeah. song written about you. Yep. I mean, I guess, I'll yeah, go you go into it knowing she's going to ultimately break yeah. up with you and make a song about you, make you look like a, an idiot, but you're also, you know, what, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm glad you brought up Pete the Body here because we had an event yesterday on the station down the hall, which I have levied an embargo against. Now, there's multiple reasons for the embargo, but primarily it's because I think around the country there is some exhaustion around the New Yorkiness of CBS Sports Radio. And once again... You know, we, because we're close down the hall, we use their content, we use their audio, they talk about us, we talk about them. But you know what? After Mraz up and left to go over there, I said, you know what? Why don't we just throw the embargo down there so we we can get a fresh start? Now, I tried to make it about all the teams in New York and quickly holes were punched in that embargo because it's hard to talk around all the things going on with those teams. So we kind of lifted that embargo, but we still had an embargo based on 
the content down down the hall on that radio station. So they've talked about us, but we haven't played the audio. However, yesterday something happened that was brought to our attention and we debated whether or not to play this. And for me, I'm torn because I still believe in the embargo on playing any audio from down the hallway. However, I will relent to the kingmaker here, Pete the Body Bilotti, on whether or not we should play this audio. Well, Pete, what do you think? Against my better judgment, we probably should because it establishes that the former producer of this program is a phony, a fraud, fat, and everything else. I, I see. Wow. So because we want to get to the truth of the matter. Yes, I, I think for our listeners, it's in their best interest to hear this sound. And that's fair. We want to unmask a fraud here. Yesterday, Mraz took the airwaves on the afternoon show there, and he does a segment at the 5 o'clock hour every day, and he lists five things. They call it like the Ocho Cinco or something like that. Cinco de Fivo. Cinco de Fivo. A very global show. Yeah, Cinco de Tubbo. (laughs) (laughs) So on Cinco de Tubbo, the list was, who were the five people you would miss work to meet with? And number one of that list was... Uh, Eli? Number Dave one Thomas. was... Yeah, Dave Thomas. Oh, Dave Thomas, right. Okay, of course. Dave Thomas, of the co- owner of Wendy's. Not the food guy. The found, the founder of Wendy's, right? Right, right but, but Mraz is not the food guy anymore. But mm-hmm. anyway, he got down the list, and number four, I believe it was, Eli was on the list, but not his dog, Eli, the actual <laughs> Eli Manning. Also, Otis Spunkmeyer and Grimace. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I'm not the food guy, don't forget. <laughs> right, not the food guy. Ronald McDonald and, didn't make the list. <laughs> And he got to number four, and I was I was taken aback. I think we were all taken aback. Guys, why don't we play the list and who he put at number four? How about Betty White? Mm-hmm. Betty White. She made it to 99 years old before she croaked. She died? When did she die? I hope I got that right. She died uh, either early this year or last oh, year. She didn't make it to 100. It was relatively recent. She didn't hit three spins. She made it to 99. She was so funny down the stretch of her career. Yep. By career, I mean life. And she never struck me as somebody jumping on an elliptical or an exercise bike. So I look at her. <laughs> I want to sit down. I want to. How did you stay funny old and had to stay alive that long? She almost got more famous the older she got. Yes. It was reversal. Yes. Yeah. And she was, you know, respectable, unlike Sister Jean. So I just, I want to pause here because I thought that was interesting. We all did when he says he admired Betty White for being so funny at such an old age and admired her longevity as well. She passed away in December of 2021, actually the New Year's Eve 2021. So what, a year and a half ago or so? Now, this is interesting because quite a departure from where Mraz used to be. If, you, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you might remember that this was a massive blowout on the show. In fact, it was such a massive blowout that it made the 12 DAs of Christmas a couple of years ago. Five or six years ago, Mraz distinctly did not have a take of I admire at Betty White's age or how she remains so funny and in shape throughout the years. No, in fact, seems to be the opposite. Why don't we play the clip as we dust off these archives? I hate that you represent this show. Oh, come on. I mean, that is just so distasteful. The woman's going to be 100. 
I, and I think that's great. I would aspire to live to 100. And you said she sucks and she smells like roast beef. That is so... Well, I don't know if she smells. I, I was making an assumption that yeah. that's what you would smell. What do you think you smell like? Listen. What do you think you smell like? What... The, the king of the lack of self-awareness. Don't you think that you smell of pro- everything that you put into do. your body? A dumpster. You just shovel food down your gullet and sit in one spot on the couch, a brand new couch that has created a crease already because your butt hasn't moved. Because you shovel food in your face without any type of of exercise or moving around. This is a woman that's 95 years old and still has the vitality to be performing on SNL and you're saying she sucks and she smells like roast beef? Betty I want to refer Betty White's a nice woman. I guess every I guess she's just off limits of criticizing. The quote was Betty White sucks from Moraz and Betty White smells like roast beef from Moraz. And now on a new show down the hall, she is so admired by Merez. She's number four on his top five people to miss work to go meet. Now, Bogues, how do we feel about such an about face from our former executive producer? Let me just say, I am stunned to a news by this. It's so unlike Sean to be inconsistent flip floppy self-contradictory i mean he just he never does this he usually has one thought it's a good thought it's well researched well thought out well explained and he sticks to it for forever he never goes back and forth on things so i'm i'm really not sure how to feel but what's the bit here what's the bit the bit is what, he doesn't know what he's talking about ever that's the bit he just says things <laughs> There is no contemplation. There is no research. There is no remembering what I used to say. It's just all nonsense on speed dial coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, but, but he could have picked anybody on this list. Ryan Callahan, Derek Jeter, Uncle Dick. The hot all, girl. Anybody, yeah. And anybody. Anybody could have been on his top five people to meet. Nancy. Anybody. <laughs> top five people to meet. And he put Betty White, a person that specifically he said sucked at 95 years old and now suddenly to come come to Jesus oh my god actually I love her so much I want to meet her and I admire her what's the bit there is he playing to a new audience trying to be respectful of old women hoping that now he's kind of a kinder gentler Merez because he could have picked anybody on this list but he picked of all people the person that he trashed an hour show I find this distasteful. I find it hypocritical. If he's going to say to this show that he hates Betty White and she sucks, how can he say to another show, I admire her so much because she remained funny for so many years? Pete the Body, what is this? Well, it's a total fraud. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he plays to the audience. He is uh, just a phony. He's a liar. He's a dumb dumb. He doesn't remember what he said about Betty White right. however many years ago. Right, right. He just instigates everybody and, uh, oh, hey, yo, let's go run and... Give him some cash. So either he didn't actually believe Betty White sucked when he said that a few years ago, or he actually doesn't want to meet Betty White, that he's just being a phony to kiss up, like, I like old old ladies. Or, what, do we think that he actually grew up and realized the mistake of his ways no in the last way. couple of years? No chance. There is no chance he realized the mistake of his ways. I mean, then, then we would get more uh, more humble morass, which we do not have. It reminds me of 
Bogues, remember the scandal where he insisted he didn't set up calling in to WFAN when Maggie was hosting? I didn't do it. She yep. made me do it. She wanted me to call in. And then we killed him for it, and he sent us the text messages. No, look, she asked me to do it. And then Maggie said, no, that's been cropped. That's actually not what happened. He called me, and he just cropped out your, the text message of calling me. It was it was caught red-handed, and I think that the guys down the hall don't know what he used to say or what he has said on record before, and so they're not going to catch him red-handed, and he's just trying to lie his way through this. Yeah, I I just I can't give him credit for having any thoughts about this, DA. I just But he could have picked anybody. Why did he pick somebody that he so, specifically blasted on our show? Because that, he's a phony. That's the he thing. He is I, a phony. Yeah, I, I I can't answer that question, but I don't think that he knew that he was flip flopping in the moment. I don't think he was trying to get one over on those guys. I don't think he was playing to the older local New York sports radio audience. I think he's just a dumb dumb. He's a dope. He's our dope. He's their dope. He doesn't remember anything he says. None of it really matters. He's not our dope anymore. Yeah, I know. So wait a second. So you're telling me that off the top of his head, he's made to list five people he admires a lot and wants to meet. And it just so happens Betty White floats into his head, a a woman that has passed away 18 months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, I'll write that down. And I have no recollection of what I have said or thought about her ever before, including one of the most controversial moments here on the show. He's not a mastermind, just like he's not a comedic genius for those who think that he was ever creating things, making those things up. He should be writing for Seinfeld if he was doing those kind of things. (laughs) He's just haphazardly funny and humorous. And here, I don't know how Betty White got in his head, but it got in his head in a different way than Oh, let me flip on what I said eight years ago. Here's another thing. Another theory of mine. He's trying, uh, supposedly, to not be the food guy. Mm-hmm. Right? So my guess is that that list, that single day tubbo list, probably had five food guys on the list. <laughs> so he probably had a scramble and put, and you know, you know, he doesn't prepare. So he probably had a scramble and find some random names. Well, he he did put Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, at one. So he's not trying to avoid being the right. food guy. So too. His original list was probably Otis Spunkmeyer and Ronald McDonald <laughs> and uh, the guy that founded Burger King and Herb and all, all these other guys. He probably <laughs> watched, food guys. Yeah, he probably watched Golden Girls randomly this weekend. So Betty White was in his head, so he put her down. Unless he's agitating us. Unless he's like, you know what? This is for the old DA show guys that killed me on my Betty White take, and now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna pick at their scabs. Yeah, see, but now he's that you're asking him that he's playing chess. He can barely play checkers. <laughs> <laughs> barely play tic tac toe. Yeah. Okay. I just found this interesting. This was a heated argument here on the show a couple of years ago that he slammed Betty White. And suddenly, she's one of the five most admired people that he can conjure up. (laughs) I mean, that's quite the departure. It's not like if you met him today and you were like, what would you think about Betty White? He's like, yeah, you know what? I actually respected her in her old age after I thought about it. No, it was, I love her so much. She's on my top five Mount Rushmore people I wanted to meet. I thought that was, wow. Wow. My, I my, thought it was wow. My, thought theor- it was wow. my theory is coming to fruition 
the max contract, he's starting to hit his hamstring injury phase. <laughs> and then you'll get the season-long injuries. Here it comes. P.S. Uh, the Morash family is still listening to this show because when I did see Sean yesterday, he asked me why, how did you guys kill me this morning? I was told you were all over me for no reason. What happened? No I was reason. still asleep. There's never a reason. You know, he, he just skates by. Well, <laughs> there's in, never a reason. In his defense, I was sitting here confused how we got from DA thanking the listeners for their baby gift to Sean burping on the PGP and getting suspended. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what they were that's what they were no, referencing. There was a direct correlation. I missed I, it as well. The correlation was we have a very tight bond with the listeners, so much so that the listeners would do something that generous as to chip in their own money for my baby. I mean, that's kind of an amazing concept that the listeners of the show pitched in their own hard-earned money for my child, who they've never met, who they've never seen. It's just, that's an amazing thing. And I said, that's reciprocated, and it's why I always honor the listener. It's why I always, every Every North Star that I have for the show starts with how do we respect and honor the listener. And it's why I suspended Mraz when he belched on the air because I found it to be so, it was so disrespectful to an audience that he was so lazy that he would just belch in their face. That's what they, he was doing. They put on their headphones, they turned on the radio, what have you, and he belched in their face and just kept moving on with his thought. And I said, it's so disrespectful. It's why I had to suspend him. So that was the correlation. I thought it was a good example of how I thought about things that way. And he did not. Okay. It got Nancy and it got Nancy and, uh, and Bob's attention yesterday. Well, I, I, should. <laughs> they should understand that. They should understand what all these people flew halfway across the country or drove through the night to come to their house for Bob's bar. Neither one of them would belch in their face and move on with the conversation in, you know, Randy in Alabama's face. That's what Mraz did to the listeners on that PGP. He did stay consistent in that you, you hear he took a shot at Sister Jean at the end of yeah, that clip there's yesterday. there's also that. Which, did we need that? Okay, Bokes has headlines. DA7, current and former Iowa and Iowa State athletes now facing charges in connection with online sports gambling. The group includes Cyclones QB Hunter Deckers, whom we discussed yesterday. Uh, I'm still working on confirmation if an underage Jody Mack ever used his mom to bet on the North in the Civil War. <laughs> Come on. And the... <laughs> Come on. What do you think the odds were for the South to win the Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> two to one. What did, Bo- what did Bovada have on that? <laughs> <laughs> Over under on battles, General Custard wins. <laughs> Custard? <laughs> Custard? Whatever the hell his name is. Leave off the D. We might want to change that chair out. <laughs> There's something wrong with that chair. <laughs> Get a new chair in there. Uh, the Big Ten apparently has Oregon and Washington in its sights, and maybe Stanford and Cal. The league considering expansion, but no overall decision or specific one about invites is apparently imminent. There is also an executive session for Arizona education officials tonight where they'll discuss an athletics issue involving the Wildcats and Sun Devils. Maybe that's about leaving the Pac-12. You hate to see it, but the Spankies didn't lose last night. Here's a 3-1 to Stanton. Swung on and drilled to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. 
is a Stantonian home run. It's a three-run blast into the right center field seats. Giancarlo. No si Scafalo. That apparently means go-ahead three-run homer in Italian. John Sterling, Yankee Radio. On John and Susan T-shirt night in the Bronx, by the way, uh, the Stanton homer came after a two-run blast from Anthony Volpe. The Yankees never trailed again. They beat the Rays 7-2, avoiding a three-game sweep. Tampa Bay lefty Shane McClanahan now has a 7.36 ERA since mid-June. The last few outings have been pretty uncharacteristic of myself. And, you know, you know, it's one of those times in my career where it's... Either you know, keep put your head down and hide, or you just keep your chest up, keep working, and you know, trust it all sorts out and or sorts itself out, and I'm just gonna keep working and you know, just move on. In mm-hmm. fact, he's oh, yeah. moving on to the doctor. McClanahan <laughs> will undergo testing for some forearm soreness. The Jays fought off the O's 4-1, and the Rangers smoked the White Sox 11-1 to keep their half-game lead on the Astros atop the AL West. The Diamondbacks losing in San Francisco 4-2, dropping a full game away from the last wildcard spot. Slade Ciccone made his big league debut in the mound for Arizona. His first career strikeout was interesting. First batter of the night, the first pitch, or the pitch rather, initially ruled to have hit Lamont Wade Jr. on the hand, but after review... The ball at the bottom of Wade's bat, and it was strike three because it deflected into the Bo Jackson of Arizona catcher Jose Herrera. He pinned it there to get the strikeout again upon review. Two more messy goals as Inter-Miami beat Orlando City 3-1 to reach the round of 16 of the League's Cup, which features MLS and the Mexican League teams. And high drama on the last day of Group H at the Women's World Cup. South Korea and Germany are knotted at one in the 83rd minute. Morocco has a lead on Colombia. Uh, unofficially, any of those four can reach the knockout stage today. And now, we're getting stuck. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Boyle, correct me if I'm wrong. It was you who delivered the stunned last week. Correct. About the Manatee Brothers who were having relations so violently that one of them had passed away at a Florida aquarium. That 13 and a half inch rip in his colon. Yes, bad times. Now, apparently, um, (laughs) that's not the end of the manatee sex story. This one, thankfully, though, does not involve any violence. The Pinella County Sheriff's Office had to post on Facebook to local residents that there's no need to call 911 anymore if you see a group of manatees all piled on top of each other on the shores because that's how they get busy. The Facebook post even had Marvin Gaye's song Let's Get It On playing behind it as the sheriff said, if you see this, no you didn't. This is again, this is how they mate in large groups, all intertwined. It's natural. It's okay. They mate in herds. Definitely leave them alone and definitely stop calling 911. Manatees what? have orgies? <laughs> Apparently. I want to be a manatee, man. <laughs> so, so basically, manatee life is like Studio 54 in 1978. Yeah. <laughs> how they get together is just. Wow, one one big Plato's retreat. So, 
I got to feel good in some ways that people are this in tune with manatees that they want to make sure that they're not in distress, that they're calling 911 over this. That makes me feel like they're being watched over and protected. And I got to be honest, if I saw a group of manatees and they were bleeding, and I say bleeding like not EED, but EAT, if they were like barking and moaning and, you know, flipping around, I don't. I don't know if I would think that they were mating and everything is going to be fine. So this is a pretty good public service announcement. Yeah, and, and just for the sheer fact of learning something new every day, I think boils on to something here. We should be manatees. They're big. They're fat. They lay around all day long. They're protected by, from <laughs> boat lay, motors. They, I don't think they lay around. I think they swim all day. Long. Yeah, but they go super <laughs> slow. They're never in a rush. They have all sorts yeah. of... They, they, have, they have like police escorts. I've been on the, the Gulf Coast... When they're swimming through the ocean, there's like a Coast Guard boat with them, making sure nobody comes anywhere close to them. And now apparently they're having orgies. It seems like a great life. <laughs> it is, man. We really, really got to get in touch with our inner manatee. <laughs> mm. It is very sad when you see a manatee swimming and he's got the chop marks in his back because a propeller hit him. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that they're being protected. I had no idea the manatees, this is how they got down. This yeah. is... Yeah, they do live a pretty good life outside of the propeller thing. Now, I could do without the brother-on-brother sex crimes, but otherwise... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a few bad apples, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and look, they were the only two ones in the aquarium, so I'm not going to lie and tell you that if it was me and one other person on Earth for the rest of my life, we're going to get frisky sooner or later, regardless of who it is. But, I mean, if we're being honest here... Manatee life is the kind of life I want to live. Hashtag manatee life, bro. <laughs> Fat. They lay around until it's time to get busy. And then it's time to perform. And it's free love in the waters of Florida. It's free love, baby. Nothing better than free love. Swimming around. Mating. Hey, girl. How them gills feeling? <laughs> they don't have gills. Don't they have gills. They're they have lungs? Mammals. They're, yeah, they're mammals. Out of here. Oh, yeah. no, that's it. I'm, that's it for me. <laughs> oh, you wanted to have gills? Yeah, man. Gills. You want to be full fish? Gills are it's very sexual in nature. I don't think so. When we come back here on the show. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Let's go to break. I don't think so. When we come back, the Broncos QB situation. <laughs> We're toasting to the good life. I feel alive. Ah, ah, ah. We are feeling good and doing well. How many beers ago? Uh, probably a thousand. It's the DA Show's Thirsty Thursday. Celebrating with some booskies. Booskies! We appreciate you being with us. It is a Thirsty Thursday. We're toasting to the good stuff. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to us at hundreds of affiliates nationwide and north of the border, also on Sirius XM Channel 158, and as well, hump, as well on the free apps, <laughs> the Odyssey app and the free CBS Sports app. Pat Boyle is in for, Mar I said Mraz, but in for the executive producer role now. <laughs> I can't say Mraz anymore, so he can lead us off. Okay, Boyle, who are you toasting to? Oh, DA, I got to toast the beautiful people of San Diego, which... As another contrast to the former producer uh, and the rivalry he made with that city, I would like to reconcile that with a toast to the beautiful city, the beautiful people of San Diego. I went there last week. Um, we are on 97.3 The Fan right now in San Diego, so shout out to them. 
And what a gorgeous city. I mean, what I, I had a beautiful oh, yeah. time. Awesome town. Went to a Padres game on Monday night. Toast the Padres, a team that's actually going for it, unlike another pathetic team with a big payroll that uh, happens to be in a certain city that we live in. Um, toast to Ha Seung Kim, because I love watching him play. He's tearing the cover off the ball. I call him Hot Sauce Kim because he's red hot right now. Uh, side, no toast to Fernando Tatis. I actually booed as loudly as I could for him uh, when I went to the game last Monday night because he sucks. He's a cheater. Um, he'll never be what he was before the steroids. So when I yelled out, this guy sucks, he should go back to using roids. I got some side eyes from the folks in San Diego. But that's oh, neither. So some loyal Tatis fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, toast to the Padres. Toast to the San Diego Zoo. What a gorgeous time. Gigantic place filled with yeah. wonderful animals and wonderful people. Um, also a toast to Snapdragon Stadium. Went there for a soccer game. Had a brilliant time. And just a couple of restaurants. Swami Cafe. El Chingon, the donut bar, mm. gorgeous, gorgeous, delectable food, beautiful time, L&L Hawaiian barbecue, a chain restaurant I had never heard of, and now I can't get enough of craving for it. So a big toast to a wonderful trip in San Diego last week and that beautiful city. All right, right on. Hashtag toast them. Awesome town. Bryce gonna lose, and Manny's gonna cruise. That's what's in. Even though that song sucks. Great town, and what a ballpark. I haven't been able to actually go to Petco for a game, but I've walked around it. There was no game the days that I was there, but boy, seeing it on TV too. It's just absolutely stunning. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous ballpark. Great gas lamp district as well, right? Gas yes. 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 A lot of great restaurants. I mean, very lively. And I was there. They had Comic-Con finishing up on a Sunday when I was there. But even then, Monday, I was there Monday, Tuesday, pretty lively. Uh, and, you know, the weather, the weather is perfect every single day. Like, what, yeah. what more could you ask for? And, man, the water, the ocean, the beaches, it's, it's to die for. It's awesome. All right, Pete the Body, who are you toasting to? I am toasting to the D-Aliens, um, much like you did yesterday. I'm toasting to the D-Aliens, who sent over a very generous gift for Carrie, my daughter, uh, upon her birth. And um, I, it just really hit my heart. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. It, it's very unsolicited. Uh, not not ne- No gifts needed at all. But I, the, genero- the generosity and just the, the thought uh, from our fans, uh, we love them. That's why we're here. And uh, we truly appreciate it. And thank you very much. So hashtag no Booskies. Well said. Well said. I mean, a group of the aliens got together and pitched in for gift cards for the babies, for me and for Pete's baby. I mean, just above and beyond. You didn't have to do that. It is extraordinarily touching and generous. And uh, we couldn't believe it when we got the... We got the the mail and we opened it up. We're just, can you believe this? This is unbelievable. So, yeah, truly a a, a really wonderful and and thank. We're grateful and thankful for it, but wonderful gesture. So thanks, everybody. AB, who are you toasting to? Dan, I'm going to toast my good buddy, Mike Yam. Uh, we were college friends. Mikey was in my wedding. He's crushing it now on NFL Network. Uh, and he recently added author to his uh, resume. Oh, really? Mike, We've had Yam on the show before. Yeah, Mike wrote a kid's book. It's called Fried Rice and Marinara. It's kind of a autobiographical as much as a book for toddlers can be because Mike, Mike's dad is Asian, his mom is Italian, hence fried rice and marinara. Then the story's about like 
choosing between Lomain and Linguini and stuff like that. But, you know, in this day and age, there's a lot of mixed families. Um, so I think a lot of people can kind of hit on this story. So maybe Carrie, maybe sweet little AJ one day will read fried rice and marinara by my buddy oh, Mike yeah. Yam. So booze to him. Hashtag really cool. toast them. Booze wow. All right. Right on, man. That is really cool. So Yammer, he didn't have another book that he's written before. This is his first one. As far as, unless he snuck another one by me, this is the first one that I know of. By the way, just how talented was the group of people you were with at Fordham in the broadcasting industry? Yourself, Mike Yam, who is part of a number of national networks, but now, most recently, MLB? No, NFL Network now. NFL Network, rather, yeah. right? And... Tony Reale, who's been the host of Around the Horn for like 20 years now. Yeah, it's the one show they apparently can't cancel at ESPN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Costos, who yeah. has become a huge deal here within the company, and he's a great, great guy and a friend of the show as well. Does a lot of gambling stuff for BetQL and CBS Sports. Uh, also, Spiro Ditas, mm-hmm. who is a college basketball broadcaster and NFL broadcaster as well. I mean, am I missing anybody? Nah, that's Vin Scully. Well, that, Vin's a little bit older than me. That's so that that's the extent of the group when I was that's there. Uh, I mean, I'd add on Connell McShane, who some people might have seen on Fox Business as a reporter. He was there for a super long time, getting back into sports stuff now. Uh, Connell's super talented. It was a very good like five or six year stretch. And then was Ryan Rucco in your crew as well? No, Rucco is um, Rucco is. In my estimation, significantly younger than me because I feel super old. But we were never in school at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. Ruko I think Ruko's is... 34. Yeah, he's almost 10 years younger than me. Gotcha. And Ruko is kind of the, the lead voice of the WNBA on ESPN. He does a lot of ESPN NBA games. He does Yankee games. Right. Mets games as well regionally. So he's obviously... So yeah, your your crew is just crushing it. It still is crushing it. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I am toasting to a quote that I heard Steve Cohen say yesterday. He's been getting beaten up, the owner of the Mets, about trading off all of these parts. And he said something that whether you agree or disagree with selling off these parts and Scherzer and eating the money, I, I think it's the right move. But I, I heard this quote and I said, I wish more owners and I wish more GMs and I wish more leaders of bad franchises would remember this. And he said, hope is not a strategy. And he cited that before the deadline, the Mets had a 12% chance of making the playoffs. And he goes, I wouldn't pay money. I wouldn't lay m- my money on that bet on those odds. I wouldn't tell you to lay your money on those bet on those odds. Hope is not a strategy. And I think it's so enlightening. Where Steve Cohen's coming from, and he's not a perfect owner, but he's a hedge fund guy. He's a numbers guy. It's all statistical data-driven analysis. When it comes to investments, portfolios to absorb, diversifying, this decision, that decision, when do you buy, when do you sell, what do you own, what do you pair off, it's all about the numbers. And what he looked at here was, we can be technically, let's say, five games out of the wild card, and we can keep pressing on, hoping that fans keep coming to the ballpark, people keep watching on TV, and that the players are still engaged or whatever, but he said... When you crunch the numbers, we have a 12% chance of making the playoffs. 
I'm not asking anybody else to bet on that if I wouldn't bet on that. That's hope. It's just strictly hope. And I understand the place for hope in sports. That's why every year I love opening day in baseball. Every year we all love kickoff week one of the NFL. It's why the beginning of seasons are beautiful. It provides hope. But it's not a strategy. And if you're an owner or a GM and you're employed to have a strategy of building a winner, hope doesn't cut it. Hope keeps making us, the sicko fans, come back for more without any pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So I would prefer to have an owner look at things and say, now he's got to look at things and say, I want to win and what's our best chance of win because owners can look at the data and say, who cares? I don't care about winning. I just care about making money. But if you care about winning and you're looking at the data that says, our chances this year aren't good enough to make anybody else invest in us, so I won't do it. I applaud that. I want strategy. I want plan. I want this is how we're going to do it. This is how we do it. And then you execute it. And if it fails, you blow it up and you have a different plan. It doesn't mean you're helter-skelter every year, but it also means you don't just put it together, cross your fingers, and hope for the best. That's not a strategy. So I applaud that. I wish other owners and GMs would take that advice. Toast them. Booski. Hashtag toast them. Hope is not a strategy. Dixieland Dan tweets, I'm toasting the little old lady that cursed out the college girl in Kroger. College girl was on the phone, hit the old lady's basket, and the old lady said, really? Watch where you're going. I'm old, and I can't move fast, so get the hell out of the way. Hashtag badass old lady. Booskies. That's pretty great. Adam V, former bath guy, is toasting to brand new socks, in particular work socks. Wearing brand new socks and a pair of old work boots makes you feel like you're walking on a cloud. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies. You ain't wrong there, Adam. If you put on old work boots and you have old ratty socks on, you feel every last dent and divot and stain and sweat mark and piece of dirt or rock in there. But you put on a nice, clean, new pair of socks in there. Ooh, makes you feel good. Rob of the 321 toasting to days off in the week as we wind down towards the beginning of the school year. I'm taking Kaylee and her bestie Olivia to the beach, then the zoo, and maybe some fat donkey ice cream. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies. Hashtag toast them. All right, more Booskies and Mooskies coming up here on the show. It should be noted Roxy with an F really likes Pat Boyle in that chair. Says congrats to my boy Pat looking pretty sweet in the executive producer chair. Now this is the DA crew I've been waiting for. Hashtag Booskies to the Krewskies and hashtag Boyle is the man a tea. Booskies! <laughs> yeah, side toast Ooh. to Roxy in San Diego. I forgot I left her out when I toasted the city. She's a wonderful lady. Should have hit her up on my visit because I didn't get any other action. Uh, Tom, Tom Doyle. Sounds like Roxy would enjoy having a manatee-like Rendezvous with (laughs) 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 right on the sand. Hey, hey. welcome to San Diego. Mm. 
Mr. Bogues, his headlines. Mr. Bogues, what do we got? We got Oregon and Washington, maybe Stanford and Cal. Those four schools on the Big Ten's radar as it considers more expansion. If all four came, that would mean 20 Big Ten teams. Nothing apparently imminent, but could also come together quickly. We also have a meeting later today to seemingly discuss the athletic futures of Arizona and Arizona State, all as the Pac-12 struggles to lock in a lucrative media rights deal. The ACC has one of those, but it's not as lucrative as the Big Ten or the SEC. FSU President Richard McCullough said yesterday he'd have to recommend to the Board of Trustees that they leave the league if more money doesn't come in soon. Some estimates have ACC schools 30 mil annually behind Big Ten and SEC schools. The Astros won in the afternoon, so the Rangers had to win last night to stay atop the AOS. Going on the IL, missed a total of nine games. The 1-0 pitch is hit high and deep into right field. Going back is Colas. He gets to the track. He turns to look. It's gone. Welcome back, Corey Seager. First at-bat off the IL, he clubs his 16th home run of the year to give Texas a 2-0 lead. Seager adding an RBI single. As you heard at the top of the clip there, he had missed nine games with a sprained thumb. I felt good during my lives, and at this point, um, like it was just it's kind of a pain tolerance thing, right? So I felt like I could go. They were okay with me going, so we went. And it went well. He and the Rangers rolling to an 11-1 decision over the White Sox. The Orioles lost in Toronto 4-1. The Rays lost at Yankee Stadium 7-2. So Baltimore stays a game and a half up in the AL East. The Dodgers dumped the A's 10-1 as the Giants were beating the Diamondbacks 4-2. So LA stays two and a half clear atop the NL West. And the Cubs hammered the Reds 16-6 the night after a 29 route. Chicago is the first team ever with 10 extra base hits, including five homers in back-to-back games. Yankees righty Domingo Herman has voluntarily entered inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse. He will not pitch again this season. Messi scored twice, and Inter-Miami reached the round of 16 in the League's Cup with a 3-1 win over Orlando City. For the first time ever, Germany fails to survive the group stage of the Women's World Cup. They played to a 1-1 draw with South Korea this morning, while Morocco surprised Colombia 1-0, so Morocco and Colombia move on. And Tom Brady, now a minority owner of Birmingham City, a soccer club in England's second division. TB12 also becomes the chairperson of the team's advisory board. He will work with players on multiple fronts, including nutrition and recovery. DA, back to you. Mm, boy, celebrities buying soccer teams. It is just happening all over the place. And Maybe Wrexham started this whole thing. Maybe it happened before then, but it feels like everybody's investing in these soccer teams. I mean, LeBron invested in Liverpool, but is not the sole owner many, many years ago. This year, like last year, the best is right here on CBS. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, and a happy Thirsty Thursday to you, everybody. DA here on CBS Sports Radio. Watch the show on YouTube, as well as Twitch, as well as WatchDA.com. If you're watching right now, Cap has Pat Boyle up, who is sifting through a large bag of Taco Bell breakfast treats. Pat Boyle was the one that turned us on to the Taco Bell breakfast treats. And yesterday we had Wendy's come by, drop off some free stuff, and these guys danced a jig. I couldn't believe... 
how happy they were. So since I'm at home doing the home studio show today, I said the least these guys deserve is a little bell breakfast after a good week. You guys have put in some hard work, so now we're watching boil on the stream go through the the winnings. <laughs> I don't know if that's a a look of what is that look here? Turn on your microphone. What is that look? That is a look of pure ecstasy. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just cranked the vibes up to a thousand here. <laughs> In this studio. I mean, this is a, a gift from the gods. Carlos is looking through the glass. Carlos with a K is peering through the glass from beyond, behind the studio, looking like a young boy at Christmas time, looking into FAO Schwartz, wondering if he can have that giant teddy bear. You want some of this, buddy? Oh, he's gone. I don't know where he went, but oh, man, DA, this is, this is a gift from the gods. Well, make sure you get Cap his stuff, too, because he's the wizard is sitting in the back control room just pressing buttons and pushing levers. I want to make sure that he gets taken care of as well today. Oh, he absolutely will. But this is, I mean, this is the sweet nectar that dynasties are built on. <laughs> okay. So speaking of sweet nectar, Mraz knows that all too well, and he was the source of some disagreements, some some. Criticism earlier in the morning, he has called in to defend his honor yesterday as part of his segment on the local side of things in New York. He made Betty White his number four ranked person he wanted to meet ever, ever, because he was admiring that she stayed alive for so long and she was so funny to so many people. And we quickly remember that there was a time on this show not long ago that he said Betty White sucks and that she smells like roast beef. And I was very upset that he disrespected a comedic legend like that. So I don't know how he flip-flopped so dramatically. Merez is here to defend himself. You have the floor. <laughs> well, first of all, if there's any sign that I wasn't enabled on the DA show, Taco Bell breakfast the day after Carlos with a gut sifts through Wendy's. Yes, I think that I can safely say I'm on the pathway to losing Did weight now. Did you just yes. call Carlos with a K, Carlos with a gut? Yeah, I did call Carlos with a gut. That's, that's what right. came to my mind that's yesterday right. as he poured through a junior bacon. Uh, but back to Betty White. Uh, look, I ran a play yesterday, okay? I ran a play, and I wanted to see if my new showmates would understand my type of humor. I underhandedly bashed a dead Betty White into saying, how could you live till 99 without exercising? And it went over every single person's head, and it would not have gone over your head, Pete's head, or Bogus's head. Yes, I put her at number four for a laugh, for a chuckle, but the whole premise was you made it to 99 and you were extremely basically like a fat woman. How did you do that? No, she and wasn't. She was not out of shape. What are you talking about? She looked like an ocean buoy her last 20 years. That is not right. Now, she was in her late 90s. She wasn't in the shape that she was in for like Golden Girls or the... You know, the shows yeah, she in the 70s. She was short and stubby. I never I looked at her and thought, you know, really healthy, you know? Well, on Golden Girls, which was the 80s and 90s, she was certainly in shape. Look, the, again, the point was it was Tiki Barber meeting Roger Goodell yesterday and missing work. Who would you like to miss work to meet? And as an unhealthy person, I want to know how somebody makes it to 99 when they're not in great shape. That was the point. So she is inspiring to you because it makes you feel like you could do it. Yes. 
Does that mean I'm a fan of her work or I once didn't say she smelled like roast beef? No. Yeah, now no, but I, in, I, in the clip, no, in the clip you say she made people laugh. She was really funny. Like she, you were, ad, hold you were on, hold admiring on, hold on. her. Did she make people laugh? Yes. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay, did I ever say she made me laugh? I don't remember the exact quote, yeah. but I believe you I was said careful she in my was words, very funny. I know, I know you guys are lurking. I was very careful in my words. She made people... People found it funny. I'm very clearly now learning that a lot of people don't find me funny. So people once found me funny. Uh, people found her funny at well, 99, wh- and she was out of shape. Why didn't you add that you think that she sucks? Well, I, I mean, it's a very rapid segment. It's only supposed to be about four and a half minutes <laughs> oh, long. I couldn't you said Sister Jean sucked? I slid that one in there, too. Another Easter egg. I'm planting Easter. I'm glad you found that one. I'm planting Easter egg. Uh-huh. I couldn't do 10 minutes of Betty White yesterday. It was quick, bam, bam, bam. I'm a good little boy. I follow what the bosses say. They want, you know, basically everybody in the list to be about 40 seconds. Only so much I could fit in. <laughs> no, you don't get to scoot away on this. You said that she sucked and smelled like roast beef on our show. And then yesterday you made her one of the top five people <laughs> you wanted to meet. And that's a pretty dramatic <laughs> flip. Because I'm going to die before 99. She made it to 99. I want to know her secret. That's why I want to meet her. What, you think uh, everybody meets somebody, uh, they interview or something like that, and they, they didn't want to hate them or, or criticize them? Oh, come on. Everybody I else on that with, I wouldn't lead with, hey, Betty, missing work to meet you. I once said you smelled like roast beef. I'd start with that other stuff, and then at the end I'd say, by the way, I wasn't the biggest fan of your work. Well, yeah, the, the other people on the list – Eli Manning, George W. Bush are people clearly that you admire historical figures. No. They, were, they were not people you disrespected like you did to Betty White. Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, who you bow at the altar of. Did you hear what I said about George W. Bush? I only want to ask him one question. Why pretzels is this football snack since he choked on one like a doofus? So what are you talking about? The whole thing wasn't. This is the problem. Pete the body's got to listen to every word in Fiji and not just read a tweet. That, you know, Pete's too caught up with these interviews. Oh, relax. He's giving you bad info. Uh, you know, enough of you. Enough of you and your garbage, please. I'm tired of it. Jeez. Is that Peyton that we hear in the back? <laughs> yeah, she told me to come here because I haven't fed her breakfast yet. I, let, I forgot <laughs> about it. All right, well, go feed Peyton breakfast. This was a really <laughs> low moment for you yesterday. No, it wasn't. And by the way, I'm starting to think like Bogus smells like roast beef. He stunk when I came in there yesterday. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you later. Sure, goodbye. <laughs> Eat. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Often the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. Uh, if you've heard the update today, Bogues is taking some runs at our friend Jody Mack, and that's just not right. Here's one of them. The 36 runs, the most the Cubs have scored in back-to-back games since 1897 Whoa. when they were called the Colts and a youngish Jody Mack was their radio voice. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> that is not right. <laughs> what are decyclins? I just like that Pete knew it was coming before I got there. <laughs> the early laugh. <laughs> Do you show Mr. Mandaloria? And I'm going to be a Progedy old, you know what? If I last another forty years, He's still at the track. <laughs> was the track even there? <laughs> He's betting on Man of War. <laughs> uh, Man of War's grandfather. <laughs> Let's go, Nazareth. Let's go. Let's go, Nazareth. Or I used to be great with Mal, who does the old school, new th- school thing. Quite well, mixing today's analytics. I think in 1897, you're still betting wooden nickels. I had 40 shillings on Seattle Slough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ten pounds and eight sixpence, whatever it's called. Eight water buckets, son. <laughs> sixpence. Step off a curb. Get hit by a bus. Uh, there wasn't even money. You just no. bet favors. It was all trading, <laughs> bartering. <laughs> It's goods. I got two bags of flour on that horse. <laughs> and three fence posts. <laughs> this piece of lumber. <laughs> and down the stretch they come. Get a little of the chunk off the top of that one, too. Here's my pocket watch. <laughs> and three golden nuggets. If you bring it downtown, you'll see the value of these. I got a deed on a plot of land in the Nebraska country. <laughs> Let me put down 600 72 hectares in Nebraska. <laughs> I would have won. Well, he paid more than six for it. So John owes me a hot dog. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Oh, that was funny. A lot of good toasts today. King Curtis is toasting his co-worker, Colleen. She was sick for two weeks and came back yesterday with a vengeance. I'm super happy that she's back. Hashtag unstoppable. Booski. Incognito. Toast Incognito man is toasting the group of the aliens that got DA and Pete the body and the Bourbon Bell gift card. Very awesome gesture, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag toast them. Booskies. 
No doubt. I mean, an amazing gesture. Bubba Beard says, I'm toasting football season and all the betting in our future. Looking forward to spending more time together. Hashtag quality time. Hashtag Hashtag toast Quality time with your fan duel account. And ostracize with a serious one. I've had the toughest week of my life. I don't want to be a downer, but I lost my dad. This show helped me get out of bed every day. I owe you guys. Thank you for being you. Don't stop. You guys make a difference. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies. Ostracize is beyond just us on the show. You've got a great group of listeners here that care about one another, that pull each other up when they're down. And I'm sure if you need any of them, they are right there in your corner, man. But we're sorry to hear about your loss and glad that maybe we can add a little bit of levity to a tough week. I mean, we've all been there losing a loved one and you just, it's, it's brutal because you just feel like this is the rest of my life. I got to feel this way. And ultimately it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier. It takes a long time, but it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And just know that the pain that you feel right now is temporary and you'll always remember the good times, but you know, it's always hard, but it does get a little bit easier. So stick with it, man. All right, thanks to the crew back there. Awesome job, as always. Pat Boyle, executive producer. Pete, the body Bellotti on the wheels of steel and audio director. Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. Be good and be good to one another. I'm DA. I'll see you next week. The Mothership Disconnects. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.